Hi, welcome to Teen Tech Talks, where we interview tech industry leaders to learn about their jobs and get advice on how to pursue a career in technology. I'm your host, Toby Solomon. I'm a high schooler who wants to learn how to pursue a career in the technology industry. If you're like me and you want to demystify what it means to work in the tech field, this podcast is for you. The focus of today's show will span from operations to finance to logistics, as our guest, Allison Barr, is truly a superstar. Allison is the head of global product operations for the money department of Uber. So along with her team, she manages, scales, and launches virtually all monetary products. Because Uber's transactions among clients, drivers, and other employees are quite nuanced and intricate, this is a huge responsibility. In addition, Allison is a self-taught public equity investor and founder of Trail Run Capital, a small investment firm that seeks to invest in the next generation of global entrepreneurs. Without further ado, here is today's episode. Hi, Allison. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's nice to be here. So let's talk a little bit about your background. Allison, prior to working at Uber, you went to Northwestern. So what did you study there? And did you know then that you wanted to get into the tech field? I did not. So my initial goal was to become a doctor. Uh, so I was a pre-medical student at Northwestern, like many other people starting college. Um, I actually did the whole thing and ended up majoring in a major called communication sciences where I got to focus on audiology and speech pathology and things that are a little further away from hard science. And my initial goal was to become an ENT, which is a type of surgeon uh, that focuses on ear, nose, throat. Uh, But what happened was after I graduated from college, I wanted to do healthcare consulting for a year um, before going to medical school. And uh, I did that at a firm called PwC. And after starting, I realized I didn't really miss studying uh, that much uh, since I'd been very, very focused on academics for a long time um, and enjoyed... uh, not studying and also having a job and making money. So I ended up staying there uh, for four years. Wow, awesome. And so how did you end up realizing that you'd want to work at Uber and how did you get um, the job there? Yeah, so uh, my brother is two years younger than me and he went to a small college in Ohio uh, and he was a history or international studies major, I think, but he started building websites. So he was a self-taught front-end developer. Uh, So after he graduated from college, he was applying to these very small startups in Boston, which were like two or three people and very, very early stage. Uh, And as someone who was traveling almost every week for their job and uh, working at very big companies, what he was doing sounded a lot more fun than what I was doing. <laughs> so I, I, I set a goal to um, work at a startup, but there weren't a lot of startup jobs for people with a pre-medical degree and a management consulting background since I was not technical and um, wasn't really deep in marketing either. So what happened was um, Uber was rapidly growing at the time and uh, was hiring a lot of bankers and consultants to work on our driver operations team, which is our team that manages um, all of the drivers in a particular city. Uh, So uh, 
uh, I applied and luckily enough I got the job and that's how I ended up at Uber. Wow, congrats. So you've been at Uber for five years now. Wow, that's incredible. And you're now head of global product operations for the money team. Um, but like you said, you didn't start um, with such a senior role. So tell us about your initial role there a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And um, how did you scale from there to where you are now? Yeah, so the first year or so I was in this generalist role, operations role. Um, and it was super fun because each city sort of ran like its own startup. Um, and we had a lot of, uh, um, we had a lot of opportunity to, to, uh, do things for our particular city and help grow the market. So I was doing everything from helping drivers in our in-person support center, upload their documents so they could get back on the road to, uh, sending out driver emails to helping, um, manage some incentive programs we have to help streamline uh, when and where drivers get online. Uh, I ran special some special events like on-demand ice cream. I uh, launched Uber in Champagne, so I would go down to Champagne and onboard drivers individually. Um, so I just got I would I would manage fraud. So I got a lot of exposure to all different types of the business from an operations perspective. And through that, I realized that payments was actually one of the most important parts of the Uber ecosystem because if drivers had a problem with their payment or they didn't understand why they got paid, it caused a lot of anxiety for them. Um, And we were doing this at such scale that I knew it was a really important problem. So I ended up moving to San Francisco a little after a year uh to be on a team we call product operations and what product operations is is we started bringing people from local teams all around the world to our hq to become experts on a specific product area um so in that i started in a a driver payments product ops role uh where i launched uh some big products like our uh, instant payment feature and our first debit card and then over time uh, I was able to uh, grow the team um, organically uh, and take on more responsibility. Wow that's so incredible <laughs> so you briefly touched on on-demand ice cream that sounds so <laughs> awesome what does that mean? Uh, so back in the day Uber used to run a ton of these like pop-up events which was before we even had Uber Eats so uh, we'd have uh it must have been called Uber Ice Cream Day, where we would not tell people it was coming, but we'd pick a day, and teams all around the world would go recruit ice cream trucks and different ice cream vendors, and we would you could order ice cream through the Uber app. And at the time, it was a, such a novelty because we didn't have Uber Eats, um, so these events were caused a, a lot of uh, marketing hype um, and were super fun. We also did on-demand puppies, uh, we did on-demand cats or kittens where we would, uh, people could request for one day there were different puppies and we would like take the puppies into their office. So um, it was just like super fun and uh, people don't probably don't realize the operational stuff that goes on behind the scenes to make this possible. So we would talk to all these ice cream truck vendors and like get them onboarded for this specific day and make sure they're all passing their background checks and making sure uh, they have enough people to do it and they're properly distributed across the city. Um, 
and that they're getting all the payments that they need. So uh, that's how, that's one of our values then was make magic. And that was one of the ways that we did so. Would you say that that was sort of like a catalyst then for some of these new products like Uber Eats? Uh, people knew that there was definitely extensions that we could do through the Uber platform. So Uber Eats actually started uh, in Toronto and then Chicago was a second city when I was there and it started as a on-demand lunch product. So we would, they would uh, actually only pick a couple food items and then they would, um, certain drivers would have the food and then uh, they would drive around the city, but you could only, but you would, you would get it instantly basically um because there were limited options and they already had it pre-packaged um but what they realized through doing these experiments and testing was that uh people really wanted more selection so that's when they sort of pivoted to the the more uber eats model we have today with lots of different restaurants wow and i know i definitely benefit from uber (laughs) eats a lot um so switching gears a little bit you recently started trail run capital um and you're active as an angel investor so can you tell us a little bit about what that role means and also what trail run capital is and what it does yeah so um i got interested in venture capital about a year ago um when I chatted with someone and ended up writing an investment thesis, which is basically you pick a particular area and uh, using data or other uh, other ideas, you create categories and sort of pick different companies that may meet certain things. So you may think that, uh, let's, let's think of a problem. Um, you may think that scooters are gonna be a big thing and uh, you may have a hypothesis about how scooters are gonna grow. So you may go out and research all the different scooter markets and different types of, there may be uh, the on-demand scooter market, but there may also be other companies that are needed to support on-demand scooters. So uh, that was what I did and I ended up doing it about payments and finance. So it's it was called Frictionless Finance. Um, And I just had a ton of fun researching different startups um, and sort of like reading about the founders and the technology and uh, what they were doing and sort of like using my Uber experience where I've seen it go from small to really big, um, try to make predictions about what could happen. Um, So then uh, I I networked with a ton of people and I started Angel Investing because a company reached out to me in uh, January called Air Garage. And what Air Garage is, is they are a full stack parking service. Um, It's sort of like Airbnb for parking, but they actually work with uh, churches and Hillel's and other private um, parking lot owners who may not have the want to pay uh, for some to for someone to install a bunch of hardware and uh, monetize their parking lot. So um, it's basically a digital parking lot um, management platform where uh, you can find the parking lots through the app and then they have another app where uh, there's like a video game uh, set up and people can scan license plates and earn points and get free parking. Um, so I gave them some feedback on the idea and they wanted to have me on as an investor. So, uh, then I invested in Air Garage and a couple months later they raised, um, their seed round from Floodgate and Founders Fund, which are some, uh, big firms in San Francisco. So, um, 
I, that was really awesome for me to meet them when it was so early and then sort of like also know that other investors sort of saw what I was seeing in in what they were building um so then in July I ended up uh doing a few investments um sort of in quick succession due to different things and people reaching out um and uh I was I was starting to get a lot of questions about oh what types of investments do you make uh uh, what do you look for? And for me, it was a lot easier to put it on a website than to answer each person individually. So um, that's sort of that's sort of what I did. And then it was also like very it was like a much clearer way to like show what I what I've invested in and what I care about. Cool. So with this specific company, you mentioned that they sort of found you. Um, but with angel investing in general, how do the entrepreneurs connect um, with the investors typically? Yeah, it's a very decentralized market. So it's a lot about personal relationships and who you know. So um, in some cases, it's you may talk about it at work and you may realize that other people working in roles are, are interested in investing. Um, a lot of times people just tell people they're sort of like open for business and they'd love to review uh, pitch decks if their friends are starting companies. So it's very much like word of mouth um, and uh, I think helping build your brand or your reputation around like specific areas can help as well because people sort of associate you with a particular area. So I, I generally focus on fintech just because that's my background. So um, hopefully in the future then it's like more people will know to reach out to me if they're building a fintech company. And is fintech finance and technology? Yeah, it's sort of a general term used to describe uh, tech companies that focus on like payments and financial services. So um, anything from, yeah, uh, there can be like a lot of applications, but um, it could be insurance, it could be payments. Um, right now there's a ton of debit cards and new types of technology that are being created because of like other advancements in how the infrastructure is being built. So. Cool. So, Allison, what advice do you have for teens like me who are interested in pursuing a career in technology? Good question. I would say, one, think about what you're really good at and what you like doing, um, because it helps so much if you sort of, like, know what you're passionate about, and then you can... Um, sort of like talk to the people in, in that particular area and just like learn more. Uh, I would also be really open-minded about what opportunities may come up because you, you may try to predict, but you may find that you really enjoy something that you didn't even think about. Um, another thing would be to think about how you can uh, shadow people or do internships to see what it's actually like to do the job. So when I was growing up, my dad had a small restaurant and my mom was a nurse and most people in my family were teachers. So I didn't really have a lot of exposure to these types of jobs. And I feel like I got really lucky and um, made connections along the way, but it's um, more like seeing what the jobs are actually like to see if you'd actually like it. Because from the outside, it may be very different than what it is actually like to do the job. And um, I actually invested in a startup called Hopin um, which is based in New York and is very small now, but their, their goal is to do job shadowing. So 
enable more people to um, shadow people at different companies to to get exposure to what it is actually like to do different jobs. That is definitely a booming market, especially I know for kids my age, we're all looking for internships, just trying to figure out what we want to do in life. So mm-hmm. sounds amazing. So Allison, on every episode, we do a quick fire round. So I'm going to ask you a few short questions and I just want you to respond with whatever pops into your head first. Are you ready? Sounds good. Let's do it. Great. So what's a book that you recommend to founders and to people like me? My favorite book is called How to Win Friends and Influence People, and it's from 1920 or 1930, but I read it earlier this year, and uh, I thought it really changed how I thought about interacting with people um, and sort of like really what's important when building relationships with people. Um, What is your favorite startup and why? Uh, my favorite startup. Um, a startup I'm currently um, talking to is called Fast. It's a one-click login uh, startup where you can log in on different websites without actually creating a new username and password every time. Oh my gosh, that sounds so helpful. <laughs> um, and so, Allison, you're an avid runner. So tell us about your favorite running memory or race. Uh, um... Yeah, good question. Probably, so my dad has run the Boston Marathon 41 times in a row, which is, like, really crazy. Um, And uh, in 2013, I think it was 2013, I was pretty close to the Boston bombing when it happened. I was two blocks away and sort of, like, saw the smoke and stuff. And after that, I decided I was going to run the Boston Marathon. So it took me a few times to qualify, but then I... uh, qualified and the first time I did it I ended up running the whole thing with my dad um and it was like 35 degrees and pouring rain but it was really fun wow that seems really special um Allison this has been a great interview thank you so much for joining us today thank you for having me thank you for listening to teen tech talks if you like what you heard Please rate and review the podcast to help others find the show. We look forward to providing you with more episodes soon.